This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we're delighted to welcome Dr. Monica Gandhi. Dr. Monica Gandhi is Professor of Medicine and Associate Division Chief of the Division of HIV, Infectious Diseases, and Global Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco General Hospital. She also serves as the Medical Director of the HIV Clinic at San Francisco General Hospital. Indeed, it is our great delight to once again welcome Dr. Monica Gandhi to America's Roundtable. A very good morning to you, Dr. Gandhi. Welcome, Dr. Gandhi. Thank you. Dr. Gandhi, in your excellent piece, COVID will soon be endemic, thank goodness, published in the Wall Street Journal last week, you said, and I quote, Officials tried a wide array of measures to control COVID-19. Masks, social distancing, lockdowns, travel restrictions, ventilation testing, contact tracing. These had varying levels of success, but ultimately proved insufficient to control the virus in a sustained way. That will require widespread immunity. Fortunately, safe and effective vaccines were developed for SARS-CoV-2 in record time. These vaccines are the key to turning COVID-19 into an endemic, but controlled, communicable disease, unquote. And in your piece, you also mentioned that widespread immunity, vaccinated and natural, will bring control and a full return to normal. Uh, Dr. Gandhi, in your opinion, how we all in the U.S. or certain U.S. states arrive to the point to drop COVID restrictions and return to normal? Well, so we are definitely not there across the United States um, because we still have, quote, undue burden, unquote, of hospitalizations and deaths. So what does that mean? What does an epidemic mean? We don't actually know the definition of an epidemic with SARS-CoV-2 because we've never had it before, but we definitely know that there are places when the Delta variant hit in this country that had low rates of vaccination that had terrible hospitalizations and deaths. We're still at around a little less than 2,000 deaths a day. That is not endemic um, from COVID-19 because it's so much more than the annual deaths uh, from influenza. However, there are states in the United States, like California, like some places in the Northeast, um, Vermont, there are other places around the country, Massachusetts, that are doing extremely well, that had very high rates of vaccination, likely rates of natural immunity as well, that have very low burden in their hospitals from COVID-19. And it is these states that are emulating what happened in Denmark, when they dropped all restrictions on September 10th, Norway, who dropped all restrictions on September 25th, Ireland is upcoming on October 22nd, Portugal's dropped all restrictions. These are countries that have high rates of vaccination, high rates of some natural immunity as well, and they are have the same rates that we have 
in some of these states across the United States, um, but we are not dropping restrictions in those states. What I mean by all of this is that even New Zealand yesterday abandoned an elimination strategy. It's hard to get the Delta variant with anything else but higher and higher rates of immunity. Dr. Gandhi, in your piece in the Wall Street Journal, COVID will soon be endemic. You share the experiences of European states, European Union member Denmark and non-EU member Norway. In your piece in the Wall Street Journal, you write, and I quote, The burden of a disease a country is willing to accept will depend on its priorities. Denmark dropped all restrictions at 74% vaccination rate and low cases on September 10, and Norway dropped them on September 25 at a 67% vaccination rate. Many U.S. states had an undue burden of hospitalization during the Delta wave, although California is keeping restrictions in place despite low hospitalization and high vaccination rates. We will need to accept that that non-eradicable disease is endemic, unquote. We just returned from Europe and the Middle East, and while in the United Arab Emirates, we observed the nation's response to COVID. In fact, 94% have at least one dose of the vaccine, and 84% have been fully vaccinated. And in your Wall Street Journal piece, you also mention, I quote, as we learn from HIV, mutations usually incur costs to viral fitness or render the virus weaker. No vaccine preventable or immunity-inducing infection has ever raged on as a pandemic indefinitely. An endemic virus doesn't require continuing isolation and other restrictions. Defanging SARS-CoV-2 by stripping it of its ability to cause severe disease through immunity will relegate it to the fate of the other four circulating cold-causing coronaviruses. The key to this normalcy is immunity. With a highly transmissible variant driving up immunity and the unvaccinated and bolstering it in the vaccinated, COVID-19 will inevitably make the transition from epidemic to endemic, unquote. Dr. Gandhi, you also mentioned that a low burden of disease should facilitate the transition, and that is from the pandemic, the current health crisis we are experiencing today, and transitioning to being endemic. Dr. Gandhi, what is your recommendation to state governments, legislators, along with medical experts, in light of the experiences from Norway, Denmark, and the UAE? You know, at a certain point, each of these states... Um, have to decide when they can psychologically accept that there will be a low rate circulating virus. And why do we know that? Because there are features of this virus, unlike smallpox, that make it what are called non-eradicable. It's going to be really, I think New Zealand yesterday just just dropping the elimination strategy really showed us that, that New Zealand tried extremely hard for a long time, but they simply couldn't eliminate it on their soil because it's such, the the variant is very transmissible. It has a long period of infectiousness. It looks like another, a lot of other respiratory illnesses. It can pass on even before you feel unwell. And all of that makes this what's called non-eradicable, but it can become endemic. It can become what we call controlled, like measles, pertussis, where we accept a certain rate of hospitalizations, hopefully low, we accept circulating cases, and we can go back to normal life. What I mean by country priorities is that Norway decided it was a country priority for them. Denmark decided that. And just taking my own state of California, it will have to be a decision that California makes 
Um, we do have low burden of hospitalizations. We actually have low rates of cases as well. We have the lowest case rates in the nation. We have high rates of vaccination. When California decides that, for example, masks indoors can be uh, eliminated, which by the way, right now it's only in certain counties. So these are decisions that a society has to make for itself. But I will tell you that there's always a balance in every society. And the, the, the balance, and we talked about this last time on school closures, uh, we tipped that towards the blue states, meaning blue states kept their schools closed in 2020 much longer than, than red states. It's important for uh, blue state schools to stay open. They are working hard on this now, but they need to make a decision when we declare endemicity. And Dr. Gandhi, it was interesting to read your piece because you said about unrealistic goal of New Zealand to pursue zero COVID policies, and they just, as you mentioned, they just abandoned its zero COVID strategy, uh, realizing that it cannot be contained, uh, this highly contagious Delta variant. And I would like to quote another uh, passage from your piece, uh, which says, I quote, Although COVID-19 has proved unpredictable, no virus in history has ever continued to evolve to higher pathogenicity. No vaccine-preventable or immunity-inducing infection has ever raged on as a pandemic indefinitely. Uh, Dr. Gandhi, based on what you said, all these COVID mutations, such as alpha, beta, gamma, delta, and others, can never be as strong as the original virus and we should not be alarmed. Is that correct? Well, so I want to start that out with never say never because this virus has surprised us before. I am I'm taking a long view of history, though, and because I am an infectious disease doctor who studies history of other infectious diseases. And um, in the history of infectious diseases, when there is a vaccine, uh, for example, measles is a good example. Measles has been around since the ninth century. That was the first description of measles. But we got a vaccine for it in 1963. Prior to that, uh, people used to get ill as children and they didn't have natural immunity for the rest of their lives. Luckily, in 1963, we had a vaccine. We have never seen a variant or a um, virus evolve to continually evade vaccines. It's just never happened in the history of infectious diseases. And really what has made this variant, what this made this virus evolve so much is that we've had so much transmission and we haven't had global vaccine equity and all these variants have arisen in places with low rates of vaccination, like the Delta variant. So because of that, I don't see a future. It also makes a virus less fit when it becomes, um, when it evolves uh, too many mutations to become most transmissible. Being transmissible is the smartest thing a virus can do. It makes more copies of itself. That's an evolutionary imperative. But we keep on evolving beyond that to evade our vaccines. We haven't ever seen that before. So I'm hoping the same thing will happen with SARS-CoV-2, that it won't keep on going. We need global vaccine equity. We need to get our vaccination rates as high up as possible. And at a certain rate, we have to remember that we won't be able to eradicate it, but we can live with it like we live with pertussis, measles, in control, and still have a functioning normal society. Dr. Gandhi, the idea, the notion of encouraging individuals to get booster shots has certainly been circulating around the world, and a growing number of nations around the world have actually taken steps to provide booster shots to those over 60, and specifically for moderate and severely immunocompromised people. And the Jewish state of Israel had taken proactive steps a number of weeks ago when the administration and the Ministry of Health uh, decided to do so. 
In the Times of Israel this past week, the report stated, I quote, dramatic figures show over 60s who shun vaccines are not only at much greater risk of death than triple vaxxed, but also have 65 times the chance of getting seriously ill. According to health ministry data for the last seven days of September, there were 6.43 daily deaths per 100,000 Israelis aged 60 plus. For older people who were vaccinated three times, the average was 0.13%. The statistics indicate that the shift from a two-shot to a three-shot regime has saved many lives when elderly Israelis who are vaccinated twice get their third shot, unquote. Uh, Dr. Gandhi, what are you hearing from within the medical community regarding a booster shot for the vast majority of the American population uh, from the ages of, say, 12 and over, and similar to what Israel is achieving uh, through their nationwide program? You know, we have a very different situation than Israel, actually, and I really want to point that out. We They had about a 3.8 seroprevalence rate in a September 2020 seroprevalence study. They had low rates of natural immunity. Unfortunately, the United States had very high rates of natural immunity. Um, we don't know exactly what, but I will tell you that the, the best seroprevalence study I've seen was after the winter surge in California, where we had as high as 45% of people in Los Angeles being exposed and in Northern California, around 35%. We are very different countries. And because of that, the FDA and CDC recommendation to give boosters to um, selected populations, which was specifically over 65 immunocompromised and also those who have medical conditions who are younger, I think made a lot of sense by the data that we had in this country and also UK and Canada. I think selected booster shots really did follow the data in the United States. It's a very interesting mix around the world. And, it, and it's why we shouldn't um, you know, discount natural immunity of what's happening country by country based on if they kept their populations with safe from infection, which, which Israel did a better job of, New Zealand did a better job of, but New Zealand and Israel are going to require more vaccine-induced immunity than countries that have a mixture of natural and vaccine-induced immunity. So we really do need to think epidemiologically differently about each country. I think what we're doing in this country makes sense with booster shots. I think getting our unvaccinated, which is now about 68 million Americans who are eligible vaccinated, would have had the largest impact on getting our transmission and hospitalization rates down. And I'm very sad to say that we were not at that point um, when the Delta variant hit. And I hope we can do everything in our power to get our vaccination rates up. Dr. Gandhi, what are the lessons learned from COVID-19 that we can apply so that the next epidemic, which is a widespread disease in a region, does not become a pandemic, which affects multiple countries and continents? You know, there was so much politicization of this particular epidemic um, and then ultimately pandemic. And so much um, could have been avoided, I think, in terms of, for example, the vaccine um, uptake hesitation and other things where we close school. On the other hand, before we got vaccines, we utilized strategies that really um, were very difficult for children and didn't make sense for children, which were school closures. We should take a complete postmortem of this of this uh, pandemic 
And we need to do so many things differently in the next time. But I will say that international solidarity, bringing us all together and thinking about approaches that are more tailored with lockdowns, not broad spectrum lockdowns, tailored meaning don't punish children essentially by such prolonged school closures. And then um, the mass distancing, ventilation, all testing, contact tracing, they all work to a point, but it's when you get a vaccine, it's all about the vaccine. And that's what we didn't work on hard enough. And we didn't get to global vaccine equity at all. And it's a moral failing. We would like to encourage our listeners to seek out the writings by Dr. Monica Gandhi. The recent Wall Street Journal op-ed piece provides a trove of relevant information and presented in a succinct manner and an easy-to-understand language for lay people. Dr. Monica Gandhi is an infectious disease physician and professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. We thank you, Dr. Gandhi, for taking time out of your very busy schedule, and we appreciate your optimism that you share about the days ahead in returning to normalcy uh, as more of our fellow Americans get vaccinated and the population at large develops immunity to COVID-19. Thank you indeed for joining us on America's Roundtable. Thank you, Dr. Gandhi. Thank you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.